Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take podcast. My name is Michael the Hebrew Hammer Brown, and Facebook Live is now my uh, operation, if you will, to be the live uh, half of the Dream Take podcast, Jeremy Brenner. We'll be back for our next game on Sunday night um, via the locker room app. So tonight, you just got me to talk about the Rockets' 19th loss in a row to the what is now the third worst team in the league. The Houston Rockets are now the worst team in the, or the second worst team in the league, only behind the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
Uh, we'll get into why that stat is incredibly important to the development of this team in a little bit. But once again, this is another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. Uh, let's get right into it uh, while we let uh, everybody kind of filter in and uh, come join us for the show. Uh, for the our awesome listeners that watch all of these Facebook Live videos, basically every other game now. Uh, my sole purpose of this show is to talk as much Rockets basketball with you guys as we can. And if you have a comment, if you want to discuss something on the show, then leave a comment in the comment section and I can absolutely guarantee you it will be mentioned on the show. Um, so throughout my monologue, if, if you have something that you want discussed uh, to talk about tonight's game, the direction of the team, what I think about a certain aspect of this team, go ahead and leave a comment and let's have some fun. Um, because, guys, like quite honestly, getting upset about this Rockets team anymore just isn't worth it. It's not worth your my, you know, f you know, putting these negative thoughts into your mind because I feel like we're just going over the same thing over and over again. Like we are where we are. The front office is not going to do anything of substance to help this roster for this year to help contend for anything. And that's okay. It is what it is. You know, if we come on here and we just continue to rant and rave about how bad the situation is as it pertains to, you know, the fact that, you know, Eric Gordon is now out and he's basically untradeable. And you've got guys like, um, you know, John Wall, who's, you could argue, is taking minutes away from Kevin Porter Jr. Like all of those things go out the window. The most important thing for this roster right now moving forward is developing young talent, getting guys on the court as much as possible to get them as much run on the court as possible. Uh, unfortunately, tonight, one of those cornerstones of the development is Kevin Porter Jr., who ended up leaving the game with a quad injury uh, early in the second, or excuse me, midway through the second quarter. Um, he only played 10 minutes tonight. Uh, so hopefully he will be okay because the Rockets schedule does not get, I can't believe I'm saying it's not getting any easier because Probably two months ago, if you would have said the Rockets are going to lose by 13 points to the Detroit Pistons on our home floor, I would have said, ah, you're, you're a little crazy. I, I think the Rockets, you know, can take care of Detroit on our own home court. The simple fact is they can't. The, the, the fans out there like myself have had every bit of enjoyment completely drained from them watching this Rockets team. Like, let's call it what it is, right? The most important aspect of this team right now is developing the youth. And every time we do one of these shows, it's going to be Jeremy and I and, and anybody else on the show is going to do our very best to inform all of our amazing listeners and commenters about what we feel like the direction of the team is with the youth. Because it's all about the youth. It's about guys like Christian Wood, uh, who tonight played in 28 minutes at 18 points and 11 rebounds that's fantastic 18 and 11 awesome uh john wall 21 points three rebounds seven assists jay sean tate 
12 points, three rebounds, three assists. Daniel House, 10 points, four rebounds, four assists. Victor Oladipo did have 19 points, uh, three rebounds, four assists, but was only seven of 18 from the field. I believe uh, Victor Oladipo would be a guy that would be the first one to tell you that, you know, he did not have a great game. And you look at the, the bench tonight, when you compare the bench between the Rockets and the Pistons, you know, the, the Pistons had, what, 28, 33, 35, 37, 40 points off of their bench, and the Rockets had 15, 20. So that's a 20-point swing between the bench brigade for the, the Pistons and the, the Rockets. There's the game right there. The Rockets only lost the game by 13 points. The Rockets were only down by six and a half, or excuse me, six points uh, with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Rockets were right there. The Rockets had a chance to win this game. The Rockets had every opportunity to contend in this game late with a team that is just as bad as we are. But they simply did not make their shots. Uh, once again, you know, in as many games, Victor Oladipo did not have great so- shot selection down the, 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 the end stretch of the game, if you will. And one thing that I that I look for is in these games that the Rockets have to play. If you gave a lie detector test to the Rockets organization right now, and if they were being honest, they wouldn't select, you know what, we'll sit out the rest of the season. Because what honestly, the minutes that these guys are going to get, they're important. But the product that they're putting out on the court right now is just hot garbage. You can't hide from that. There's no hiding behind the the illusion of, well, we're developing our talent right now and our talent is getting much better. Well, our talent is not getting better, okay? Outside of Kevin Porter Jr., outside of Jay Sean Tate, and outside of KJ Martin. Like, those are the three guys that you're looking to develop off of this roster. There's three guys, right? The rest of your roster, Victor Oladipo, is not a guy that you look to to say, we got to get him more minutes because we're trying to develop him as a, a player. No, you're trying to develop his trade value, which I don't blame them for, but his trade value, in my opinion, is what it is at this point. It's not going to be improved over the next couple of weeks. Daniel House is the same way. Daniel House has nothing to prove in this league. Daniel House is a guy who's six foot five, I think has a decent amount of trade value depending on who you move him to. Look at what the Rockets were able to just flip a guy in P.J. Tucker who had told the organization to buzz off and he wasn't going to return back to the organization and a guy in uh, Kuroks who, pardon my French, was awful. I mean, he he was not a good player for the Rockets. Uh, He had some decent size, but he showed absolutely nothing. The Rockets turned that into DJ Augustine, DJ Wilson. DJ Wilson did play a little bit tonight, uh, seven minutes on the floor, and he did have three rebounds. So I guess there's four guys on this team that I really look to and I say to myself, uh, I would like to see the more of these guys. And that's Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, KJ Martin, Kevin Porter Jr. And if you want to throw Mason Jones in there, you can throw Mason Jones in there. Um, but I say all of that because honestly, moving forward, you're not going to hear me get upset me get angry about these losses like I have before because honestly guys and I, I'm never gonna lie to y'all as our audience because we love you guys beyond what we can express because we don't get to do this show without you guys um 
you know, it's it's one of those uh, situations where, you know, I I honestly just look at this situation and I'm just sad. Like I'm sad as a Rockets fan that we are um, where we are uh, with this Rockets team that we've lost 19 games in a row. And in all honesty, it's almost comical at this point. Um, if you are uh, watching the show right now, Mitchell just commented and said traded Victor. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean by that. And we are doing a live video right now. Um, so if you can kind of elaborate on what traded Victor means, uh, I would be extremely uh, thankful because I have no idea what you're talking about, Mitchell. Um, but looking at tonight, I mean, the breakdown to me is the Rockets need to identify some guys in the league that they can acquire. Um, okay. So sorry, everybody. Mitchell says make a trade package to the heat and who we would get back. We've touched on this a little bit, but the trade deadline is coming up, uh, on the 25th of March. So today is the 19th. So a week from yesterday. Uh, the Heat are getting absolutely killed tonight. Look, if the Rockets are going to move Victor Oladipo, which I do, be- I do believe that they will move him before the 25th deadline, Raphael Stone has at least showed me enough. For people who don't know who Raphael Stone is, he is the, the new general manager of the Rockets. I trust, Vic- I trust Raphael Stone to conduct a trade for um uh Victor Oladipo to the Miami Heat. To me, there's let's call it a ceiling where I don't think you're gonna get more than this. And I think that the the ceiling on a trade of Oladipo to the Miami Heat would be for a guy like Kendrick Nunn. We touched on it last show. We'll touch on it again. Kendrick Nunn is a six foot four combo guard, left-handed. For me, reminds me a lot. We'll tie it to the Rockets a little bit. Um, not as thick but he's got a, a similar shooting stroke as Katino Mobley uh, that played here with the Houston Rockets with Steve Francis. So to me, getting a guy like Kendrick Nunn back would be the Miami Heat putting their best foot forward and saying, look, we know Victor. The problem with Victor Oladipo is he's, he's going to be a free agent uh, this offseason. And he's talked about many a times that he wants to explore NBA free agency. He wants to have the ability to choose his own team. And while he's been long rumored as a potential guy landing in Miami, I don't know how much the Miami Heat would give up for a guy like Victor Oladipo when they may look at it and they may say, look, Rockets, like we'll give you this. You know, they did just trade Myers Leonard uh, to the, uh, uh, they did just acquire Trevor Ariza. In a, in a trade where they uh, traded away a second-round pick in Myers Leonard. So they may look at it with the Rockets and say, look, we just got Trevor Ariza. We feel like he's going to give us some pretty good minutes. Why would we give up anything else for Victor Oladipo where we can see how this year goes in the playoffs? We may go, you know, trade for a smaller piece, but we're just going to take our chances at getting him in free agency uh, this offseason. Um, so once again, the Rockets dropped their – I can't believe I'm saying this. Their, their 19th game in a row. And, look, since Christian Wood has come back, 
I haven't been disappointed, I guess is the best way to put it, with what I've seen from him. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the Rockets are just in such a tough spot bringing in new guys in DJ Wilson and DJ Augustine. Having guys in and out of the, ro- the rotation, guys like Victor Oladipo who don't play back-to-backs, guys like John Wall who just came off of a knee injury, and it was noted tonight that he's probably going to have to get a knee scope after the season, him coming in and out of the rotation. Guys like Daniel House, who was out of the rotation but now is back. Steven Silas is in almost a no-win position as the first. He, and people forget this, I think. I forget it sometimes because I feel like I'm hard, as hard on Steven Silas as anybody out there. And I have to remember that the fact that this guy is a first-year head coach. And I'm not talking about a first-year head coach with the Houston Rockets. I'm talking about... This dude has never been an, an NBA head coach in the league ever, period. And you want this guy to come in and you want him to succeed with the hand that he's been dealt? Because to be fair to Steven Silas, he came in as the new head coach of this team and expected to be coaching guys on a nightly basis that were the names of James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Eric Gordon, um, you know, P.J. Tucker, and instead... He's coaching guys like DJ Wilson, uh, Kevin Martin Jr., Sterling Brown, uh, Jay Sean Tate, Victor Oladipo. He's had to adapt on the, the fly. I, I, the circumstances are daunting, I guess is the best way for me to put it. That's how part of me feels. The other part of me looks at this situation and says, well, you're getting paid a lot of money to be the head coach of this team. And your job is to figure out how to win games. And the fact that the the Rockets have lost 12 games in a row by, or excuse me, I think it's 12 out of 14 games by double digits or more is scary. Like that's a scary stat. That shows you where you are in the, the viability of the league's worst teams. You got shown that tonight. You got shown that the three worst teams in the league are the Houston Rockets, the Detroit Pistons, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Minnesota Timberwolves, record-wise, are worse than the Rockets. But the Rockets uh, are now, with the loss tonight, they are the sec- they have the second-worst record in the league. Where some people may look at that and they may say, oh my God, the, the sky is falling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a different approach to it. And I want you guys to stick with me on this one, right? The only way this season is salvaged, in my opinion is if the Rockets are able to maintain their top four pick that they would lose if they ended up drafting anywhere out of the top four. If they get into the top four, the most important thing for fans to remember is that if you get into the top four of the draft, you're going to have the ability to draft a really, really good player. Okay, Most people are talking, and rightfully so, about Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State. But there's other guys out there. There's guys like Evan Mobley at the University of Southern California, like there are enough guys in this, in this draft, excuse me, that can be game changers for this organization. And I said this at the beginning of the year, Jeremy and I would have friendly banter back and forth before all of these things. I may have gone back to last season as well, that the Rockets were in and are now in even more of a desperate, desperate need of an 
infusion of youth into this organization. And the Rockets found a way to do that on the fly fairly impressively this year, if you think about it, okay? You get a guy like Kevin Porter Jr., who the Cleveland Cavaliers basically gave away because they didn't know how to deal with him mentally, okay? Let's let's call it that. I think that's a, a decent way to put it is they couldn't deal with what he was going through personally. Either they couldn't deal with it or they didn't want to. So the Rockets took advantage of that situation and acquired him for nothing. You then look at a guy like Jay Sean Tate, who the Rockets found playing in Australia that a lot of other teams missed out on. And I believe the, the way that Jay Sean Tate is developing in his role with this team, he had 12 points tonight. He had three rebounds. He had three assists. He went five of eight from the field. He went 0 of two from the three-point line, but he had four steals. Like this is a guy with his size. He's approximately six foot six. He has the ability to guard multiple positions throughout a game, which is where the NBA is going. The NBA is going towards, and you know, you're going to have a big guy like Christian Wood. So Christian Wood needs to have the ability to cover not only centers, but also power forwards. Chris, Jay Sean Tate is a guy that can cover power forwards. He can cover the two guard. He can cover the small forward position. He has the ability to cover multiple guys on a floor. That's good development by the Rockets to be able to find a guy that can do that and is going to grow with this team. That's a vital cornerstone, in my opinion, of this Rockets organization. You also look at a guy like Christian Wood. The Rockets figured out a way to identify this guy that he signed for two more years. I mean, the guy is basically, a, he's, he's bursting with talent. And there was a couple comments left on the, the Dream Shake uh, Facebook page this week about, you know, Christian Wood is overhyped, he's this, he's that. And in my opinion, no, he's not. Like, the guy is a flat-out stud. If he wouldn't have gotten hurt, first of all, the Rockets would not have lost 18 games in a row. I am convinced of that fact. Now he's had to come back, and he's trying to work into chemistry with Kevin Porter Jr. You know, he only got the one full game with him. Last game, then this game, Kevin Porter Jr. only plays 10 minutes. So Christian Wood in, is a franchise cornerstone for this organization. Then you look at a guy uh, like K.J. Martin Jr., who was drafted in the second round, where if, if you're a Rockets fan and you've watched multiple games this year, especially since the All-Star break, there's been flashes of how springy, how athletic, how fun K.J. Martin is to watch. Now, a common theme amongst Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, and K.J. Martin Jr. is none of those three guys are good three-point shooters. Since the All-Star break, when the Rockets called up Kevin Porter Jr. and K.J. Martin Jr., it's been the same feature throughout these games is that these guys are not good three-point shooters. That time will come. There was a player that played for this organization by the name of James Harden. I'm not sure who's watching this show uh, right now, if you're familiar with one James Harden, but when James Harden first got here, it's he had the same issues. He was not a great three-point shooter when he first got here. And Bill Worrell and Matt Bullard made a great point on the last broadcast, not tonight's broadcast, but the previous broadcast, that the three-point shot is something that has to be worked on continuously because these guys are not used to having to shoot a shot from that far away at the levels that they're playing at before getting to the NBA. So that is something to watch that 
Look, I mean, moving forward throughout the season, I honestly don't feel like the Rockets are going to win many games. And it's time to, in the words of Ross from Friends, it's time to pivot to something that of joy, right? Like, I think that's what we're looking for as, as Rockets fans, right? And if you're sticking with this team, first of all, God bless you, okay? Because it, watching this Rockets team is not for the faint of heart. But when you look at this roster, when you look at what they have the ability to do for the rest of the year through a different lens, which I will be the first one to admit that I do not like looking through that lens because that lens is going to look into a future that does not have a lot of wins. It's looking through a lens where you're not going to be the destination for guys like Jeff Green, guys like Austin Rivers. Guys are not going to choose to come here right away. What players in this league have to look at when it comes to the Rockets is a couple things. Number one, the biggest thing to me is the ability for the Rockets organization to sell Steven Silas as the right guy for this head coaching role. And is it fair to judge him this quickly based on all of the circumstances that we laid out before? Absolutely not. But we live in a society where things happen every day that are not fair. And players are going to ask that question when the, Rock the Rockets have to spend a certain amount of their salary cap every year. And based on the, the path that I think they're going, they're going to try and shed a lot of that salary. So when they go to prospective players that they're either going to try and get in free agency, they have to have a plan. They have to have something in place that says, here's where we were even at the beginning of the season where are we going? What is the path for this Rockets team to get back to the level that we were, you know, even last year? You can call it last year. Last year, the Rockets were trying to contend for a championship. Before COVID hit, the Rockets were in the midst of being a top four to six team in the West. Do I think that they had enough to beat the Lakers? No, I don't. But I do think that people forget that last year when the Rockets were in the bubble, the Rockets beat the Lakers in game one and only lost by 10 points in game two. And then Daniel House decided it was more important to get some ass than playing, or excuse my language, trying to get you know some booty on the side than playing basketball. So that's where that season kind of torpedoed. But the Rockets need to look at this roster and they need to say, look, DJ Wilson from the Milwaukee Bucks, do I think that he's the world's greatest player? No, I don't. But I will say this, that it's very evident now that the Rockets are not in the business of winning games. The Rockets need to lose these games if they want to get the biggest treasure at the end of this season, which is a top four pick in the NBA draft. And if the Rockets can find a way to luck, because it's going to take some luck, to luck into that number one pick, we're having entirely different conversations about this roster going into next season because you're looking at the ability for Christian Wood to get a full uh, offseason with these guys. Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, Kevin Martin Jr., all of these guys getting together and having a full offseason together. John Wall, too. I think John Wall is going to be an important piece of this team at least going into next season. I'm not saying that it's going to be for next season, but at least going into next season – John Wall being here for the Rockets is going to be 
very, very important. So that's my little spiel is that for everybody who is uh, spending their Friday night uh, with us, uh, and we have a couple comments here that I want to get to because I made a promise that every comment we will get addressed. But for everybody listening to this show, I, I know I'm as guilty as anybody of I want to win. I-, I watch sports because I want my teams to succeed. And we're at a point now with the Rockets that we're going into a full rebuild mode. And it's time to spend the majority of our shows instead of just getting upset about the fact that we just lost to the Detroit Pistons by double digits at home. That doesn't solve anything. It doesn't make for a good show. So you guys have my word. I will do my very best moving forward that we are only going to focus on as much of the positives as we can. Um, Gloria Ray, thank you so much for tuning in to tonight. Gloria says, I don't think the Rockets would ever have won a championship with Harden on the roster. Oh, glory. I'm trying to be as positive as I can watching or doing the show right now. Um, that's a loaded question. Um, I, I will say this about James Harden. The one thing that I give James Harden credit for when he was here is the dude was a workhorse. He barely missed games. And when he did play in games, the Rockets had a, a fairly decent shot of winning every game that he was a part of. The Rockets always felt like they had a chance to win with James Harden on the roster. I got to give the dude credit for that. I, I, I think Red Nation has to give him credit for that. And I know the way he left was awful. To me, I, 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 I've said it on the show. I said it on Twitter that the if I was at the game uh, when they played Brooklyn, I would have booed him. I would have absolutely booed him. He deserved um, – he deserved to be booed that game moving forward. I don't believe that to be the case because Gloria, I will be honest with you. There's a high likelihood that James Harden ends up coming back to be a part of the Rockets organization before his, um, before his, uh, what's it called? Uh, before his career is over. Very. If, if people can remember when, when LeBron James was a part of the, the – he was drafted to be a part of the Cleveland Cavaliers organization, and then he had the whole decision where he left and he went to be a part of the Miami Heat, won a few championships, and then went back to Cleveland. It would not shock this Rockets fan one bit if that's what happened with James Harden. James Harden's contract is up in two years. He may look at the situation in, in Brooklyn if it deteriorates after them winning a championship – in my opinion, the Brooklyn Nets and the, the, the L.A. Lakers are the two favorite teams to make it to the finals. It would not shock me at all if the Brooklyn Nets won the NBA championship this year. And it will be very, very hard for Rockets fans to see James Harden become a champion with a team not named the Houston Rockets because he was our guy. He was, he was our guy. When he came to the Houston Rockets, he was he – was, he was a sixth man of the year in Oklahoma City, but he never felt like Oklahoma City embraced James Harden the way they did Kevin Durant and the way they did Russell Westbrook. From day one, he was beloved by the Rockets. Uh, and your follow-up comment was, I'm not questioning his skill. He wasn't the leader, at least for the Rockets, that was needed for a championship team. That's fair. Uh, I, I can only agree with that statement. 
I think the Rockets identified his lack of leadership when they went out and they acquired Chris Paul. And I think that <laughs> the tone of this conversation is totally different if Chris Paul did not hurt his hamstring in 2018. And I hate going to the what if card because it's so difficult to say, well, what if this and what if that? It's a road that, to me, it really doesn't need to be gone down. But it is true that if the if Chris Paul did not get hurt in that series, the Rockets would have won a championship. Chris Paul and uh, James Harden are probably still Houston Rockets. P.J. Tucker is probably still a Houston Rocket. So, um. Let me before I get to that latest comment, Gloria. Let me let me get to what Alex said. Alex said, "What are your thoughts of KPJ taking a backseat to Wall tonight? Do you think there was any negativity from him?" No, I don't. I, I think Kevin Porter Jr. the the expectations for him are pretty lofty from myself, from my co-pilot, Mr. Jeremy Brenner, from a lot of fans on on Rockets Twitter. the The idea is for him to be the next guy, for him to be the next James Harden, for him to be the next, you know, guy for this team. I think having John Wall and now DJ Augustine too, don't forget that the Rockets went from zero to 60, meaning that where they had very little guard depth just a couple of weeks ago to now, you know, John Wall's back, you know, relatively healthy. You have Kevin Porter Jr. and you have DJ Augustine. You have multiple guys that can be guards on this team with now the direction of the team being not necessarily trying to necessarily win every game. You know, now I think it's okay to give John Wall the reins at some points and then giving Kevin Porter Jr. the reins at, you know, other points. That's not necessarily the worst thing. So, no, I I really don't feel like there's any negativity at all. I think Kevin Porter Jr., from what I've seen um, him say after, you know, games thus far, the way he's acting on the court, I think he's genuinely happy to be here. Uh, It appears that, you know, he's been relatively level-headed. I think he, you know, he must be enjoying his time and his interaction with a guy like John Lucas. So, no, I I don't think there's any negativity on on the side of, of Kevin Porter Jr. at all. Uh, Gloria, we'll get to this last comment, then we'll go ahead and wrap the show up and look forward to the next game on Sunday and Monday. Uh, Gloria asked, how much talent did he chase off? Oh, man. Um, Look, you you can look at it that way. You could also look at it that he, he found a way to get a lot of talent here, too. You know, the Rockets did acquire Chris Paul uh, via trade, which they did give a lot in that trade. most notably Patrick Beverly, uh, Montrez Harrell, and Lou Williams. So they acquired Chris Paul via trade, but he still agreed to sign an extension here with James Harden. Uh, the James Harden convinced Dwight Howard, who at the time was the number one free agent, convinced him to come here as well. Uh, the He also found a way to, when Eric Gordon was here, to convince him to sign an extension, not him specifically, but a team led by uh, or helping being led by James Harden. All of these guys stuck around to play with James Harden. So did he, did he scare off talent? Yeah, you could say that, but Chris Paul didn't leave on his own free will. He was traded for Russell Westbrook. 
Uh, Dwight Howard did not leave. He was a free agent at the end of his contract. He simply just didn't re-sign here. So that's something to keep in mind there. Let's move. Uh, thank you all very much for all the comments as well. We appreciate it. Jake, always good to, to see you as well, my man. Uh, he notes, uh, I love the no fear that Tate shows when defending and an offense for a young guy to have that early, I think is very exciting for his future for him and the Rockets. Uh, I'm not going to degrade your, your comment with me trying to add anything onto that. Cause I honestly think you, you said that perfectly. Um, so the Rockets do have a one o'clock game on Sunday. Uh, they do have a back-to-back, uh, they, that, that, that's tough, man. The Rockets two back-to-backs in a span of 12 days, uh, is a lot for, for anybody to, to go through. So we'll see how the Rockets take on the Oklahoma city thunder here in Toyota center on Sunday. The good news is, is that their back-to-back is at home. Uh, the next three games are at home, actually. Sunday at 1 o'clock versus the Thunder. Monday uh, versus the Toronto Raptors. And Wednesday versus the uh, New Orleans, or excuse me, the Charlotte Hornets. So the Rockets' next three games, I'm not going to give you a prediction. I'm not going to sit here and say I think they're going to win. I've done that before. It didn't go very well. Um, here, here's what I will say. If you're going to take time out of your day to watch this Houston Rockets team, which I, I, I always encourage people to do. It, if you don't, what's the old saying? If you don't love me at my lowest, you don't deserve me at my highest. Well, the Rockets are at their lowest right now. And if you're a fan, if you are a Houston Rockets fan, if you rode with the likes of Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler and Otis Thorpe and Sam Cassell and Robert Ory, then you need to have those same type of feelings for guys like K.J. Martin Jr. and Kevin Porter Jr. and uh, Jay Sean Tate because these are the types of guys, the, and Christian Wood and John Wall, the, a vast majority of the guys that I just named are going to be cornerstone pieces of this franchise moving forward. So get to know them now. When they, they gut it out and they find a way to win a game or two, just enjoy it, right? And the losses, let's all do our best to try and stay as positive as possible because I think all of us understand how deep and dark a place Rockets Twitter can be, especially if we're all in a bad mood. Uh, but with all those things being said, this has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes the Dream Take the number one podcast for uh, SB Nation's The Dream Shake. Make sure to check out The Dream Shake on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN. Make sure to also follow the uh, Dream Takes uh, Twitter account. Uh, my apologies for not being as active tonight on Twitter. I was busy watching the University of Houston destroy Cleveland State and move on to the second round of the uh, March Madness tournament. So that is always exciting. Make sure to check out my personal Twitter at BSW podcast underscore MB and absolutely give my co-pilot, Mr. Jeremy Brenner, a follow on Twitter as well at J E R E M Y B R E N E R on the Twitter until next time. Rockets fans go. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com. 